Are you aware of your SSTWA member benefits? We've got you covered on a range of member benefits from entertainment to insurance and legal. Check out our benefits hub via sstuwa.org.au slash benefits. Welcome to Western Teacher Live, the podcast of the State School Teachers Union of Western Australia, where we discuss all things public education. Uh, joining me today is Matt uh, Jarman, the president of the SSTUWA, and we're going to discuss the ongoing public sector wages policy review. Matt, the SSTUWA is uh, a member of the Public Sector Alliance. What, what is the PSA and what is it asking for? Or the Public Sector Alliance. Uh, uh, good morning, Bob, and to everybody else out there listening. Uh, the Public Sector Alliance is a, an alliance of public sector unions who have uh, been working uh, very tightly with one another for the last uh, three years now on uh, working to remove certain aspects of government wages policy. I'm very pleased uh, to reiterate to listeners that, of course, it was the Public Sector Alliance that saw the four years of the $1,000 wage cap removed and then uh, a return to uh, a higher wages policy. But the Public Sector Alliance is still uh, dissatisfied with the current uh, Public Sector Wages Policy and we've taken up the invitation from the uh, government to engage our members with direct face-to-face -face consultation with um, Treasury and government officials uh, to talk about the cost of living pressures that our members from across all of Western Australia are currently experiencing. And of course the SSTUWA itself has around 18,000 teachers, school sites, school leaders and TAFE lecturers in public schools and uh, TAFE colleges here in WA and of course what this does, uh, the Alliance, is boost those numbers up and I think uh, in all the unions involved cover over 100,000 public sector employees and that gives them a bit of muscle. Well actually a little bit more than that Bob, I saw a document last week uh, from the government which identified there's about 160,000 public sector uh, uh, members of the workforce and, and that is a very, very significant part of the West Australian economy and a very signific significant part of the electorate all over the state. Now everybody likes to talk about percentage of his salary claims but the, the, the main thing here isn't it that what the unions really want is a commitment that $1,000 salary cap was removed. We had a, a pretty successful part in that campaign, give the cap the boot um, and now what we're looking to do is, is see a return properly to genuine collective bargaining, isn't it? That's right. We want to return back to how it was before the $1,000 wage cap was suppressed upon our um, members and across everybody else across the public education workforce, and that is uh, the right to enter into enterprise bargaining for a wage and set of conditions, which is an improvement to attract, retain and improve the standard of public education. And that's that's the gold standard of what we're after. Uh, failing that, uh, then the Public Sector Alliance will consider uh, a first year pay offer of 7% and a second year pay offer of 5% with some small caveats attached to those. Uh, but failing a 7 and 5, then what we're really seeking to do is completely remove a policy or a cap uh, and, and return back to enterprise bargaining, including a wages component. And uh, the, the need for that is underlined. A couple of headlines that, that have been in the press recently, teachers in stampede for the exit, WA teachers quitting in droves, uh, workers' compensation claims for mental stress rocket, um, 
and uh, a windfall, the contrast, the windfall is WA Banks, yet another surplus north of $5 billion. Now, we, we annually survey our members in the State of School survey. Uh, quite interesting, four years ago, a couple of years ago when we did the survey, the salaries component in, in what was making people consider uh, quitting the profession, and, and to put that in context, 81% uh, a couple of years ago, now up to 86% of the respondents had, had uh, seriously considered quitting the sector completely. Salaries wasn't a big element of that. It was about workload more than anything else. Interestingly, this year, that, that figures up to a third for principals and around 28% for teachers. So there is a growing um, frustration among teachers and, and TAFE lecturers and educators across the public sector as wherever else. It, it's basically the cost of living is really starting to hurt, isn't it? it it's not only the um, workload pressure and safety that uh, the 6,000 odd teachers who have already, already resigned or retired from public schools in the last three years and that figure comes straight from Hansard in October 2023, but it's this incredible uh, gap that's growing between West Australian public school teachers and school leaders with those on the East Coast or elsewhere across Australia. Our, our graduate teachers and our 2.9 teachers used to be at the top of the pay scales and our school leaders uh, were slowly or, or quickly, depending on how quickly other uh, jurisdictions signed their agreements, were slipping down that pole. And, and the cost of living pressures that have been articulated by our members to government are the day-to-day and the week-to-week items that are really unacceptable for professional people to have to, to lay the burden of. One particularly common um, cost of living pressure that teachers should not be having to burden is, is providing materials and other resources to do their job. But we've got teachers who are who have presented evidence to, to Treasury how they have to provide pens and textbooks and the basic amenities for their children to be able to engage in learning, let alone then also cancelling family holidays, no longer going on holidays, underinsuring themselves, unable to um, purchase fresh fresh uh, produce, they can only purchase frozen vegetables, all these sorts of other cost of living pressures that the rest of the community are facing. But our teachers are particularly also further burdened by the fact that they have to dip into their own pocket so much just to be able to do their job to a standard that they can be proud of. Yeah, it's some really interesting because in, in, in the submission that the union has made, the printed version, which will be available on our website, um, the we, we've got a, several examples, and these are real-life examples. The names have been changed because of uh, the, the need to protect some members who because they're seen as complaining about the government. Uh, my mortgage is now a third of my weekly income, despite my house being a lower socioeconomic s- suburb. My hot water system is broken. I can't afford to replace it, so I shower at the local beach. I can't afford most vegetables, so I only eat what I grow myself. And that's a regional TAFE lecturer in, in what you th- would have thought was a well-rewarded um, position financially. And that's the reality that so many people are facing. Yeah, I'd urge everybody to read the document because it's not only our member voice, but it's also got some um, statistics in there that uh, will uh, disappoint them. I particularly urge government to read page uh, 13 where we've included a table showing what everybody who's covered by the agreement that we represent, whose salaries, what it would have looked like had it been maintained since 2017, uh, with CPI to what it actually looks like. And if, if you don't mind, Bob, I'll draw on two examples. A, uh, a 2.7 teacher in 2017 was sitting on around $96,000. Uh, they're now sitting on um, 
$105,000. Had it kept up with CPI, they would have been sitting on $116,000. So in effect, they are negative $10,000 per annum thanks to the fact that we haven't been able to keep up their wages with CPI. Our school leader, similarly, uh, 5.1 was on $142,000 in 2017. Uh, they would have been on $171,000, so they are $17,000 off. Uh, sorry, worse off, because we weren't able to maintain uh, the salaries with cost of living and the CPI. So we have got significant um, evidence about our salaries going backwards against CPI, and that explains completely why we have such cost of living pressure on our professionals who are uh, running and, and leading our classrooms and schools. And of course, they are facing more and more workload or uh, because more and more hours at work simply because people are leaving the profession in, in very high numbers and it's very difficult to replace them. Um, give us some examples there of, of how people are having to do more work, more relief uh, in, in, in to, uh, within their own schools, less time in front of pupils. You've got people who should be doing uh, leadership tasks such as principals and school leaders having to go back into the classrooms to cover. Uh, and of course, the use of uh, teachers with limited registration to teach as well to fill gaps. Oh, you, you've said it. That's that's all entirely where the workload is coming from, and yet uh, the stem of uh, expectation on, on what's uh, expected of our schools doesn't seem to slow or in any way um, stop. So. Can I just reveal that in a, in a few weeks' time, we're going to release the Dr. Carmen Lawrence report, and I urge everybody to, to grab a copy and have a look at it. It's 160 pages long. If they go to the rear of the document, they're going to be stunned to see how many changes have been introduced to public education in the last decade, which is the terms of reference of the report. It starts on about 100, page 130, and it doesn't stop this list of what has been in, in uh, placed upon schools just does not stop until about a page 150 something. So you've just got so much workload pressure that's come along school leaders and come, come onto school teachers uh, over the last decade and, and no wonder, and that's the evidence, so no wonder their workload has been increased by so much. They've been asked to take on and do so much more and that's against the backdrop of a wage that hasn't been kept up with CPI and I think that's why the teaching workforce and school leader workforce are so despondent right now and are seeking um, other options for employment wherever they can and, and that's the 6,000 people that have left our system in the last three or so years. And of course, again, I'm going to re-emphasise, 86% of, of seriously considered leaving it. It's an extraordinary uh, figure. Um, and one of the things that's happening as, as a way to sort of fill gaps is you're going to end up, um, one would assume, you've, you've got like something like a 1,000 teachers who are currently meant to be studying to be teachers are actually in the system teaching to fill gaps. So you're going to lose a lot of those, aren't you? You're going to lose people who, who go in and find teaching isn't for them. And then, of course, you've got the others who can't now really afford to go back and complete their teaching qualifications. The limited registration teachers is who you're referring to, and uh, they are unable to return. We have plenty of case examples. Not sure to are uh, Completely unable to return to their studies uh, because they are so tied up with the workload demands of the school that's employed them. 
Uh, so they've got a golden handcuff in effect. Uh, so what we're going to end up doing is burning these people out before they even really start. We need to look after the people who are coming into the system. We need to look after the people at the other end of their career who are the people who hold the, hold all the knowledge about how best to teach or how best to operate uh, within our schools and classrooms. So when we see 60-plus-year-olds traditionally leaving for retirement, that figure is now around closer to 50-plus. We need to retain those people. There are thousands of people in Western Australia who are registered to teach, but they're not teaching. We need to do something to attract them back, and that will help us get through this teacher um, teacher workforce shortage. And of course, whether the government wishes to acknowledge it or not, the fastest and most expedient option that a government with significant surplus can do to bring those people back or to keep the people we have is to look at their wages. And the wages by comparison to other states and territories around the country, are starting to really fall behind. And uh, a need, uh, the, the need to catch up is, of course, very urgent. And it's not just um, teachers um, that have uh, expressed some concerns about the way things are going. There was a, a survey done by the State School Teachers Union, but conducted independently, um, and it was quite interesting. 46.7% of those people who were polled said teachers' wages are not high enough. 51.3% said there was not enough funding uh, for public education um, and there is a, a level of dissatisfaction with the state government's handling of, of public education of 35.5%. So the message seems to be there both from, from uh, teachers and lecturers um, and other SSTU members but more importantly perhaps from the government's point of view from the broader public, the people who cast votes in elections that something needs to be done and needs to be done pretty urgently. That's correct, and we need to be doing it really, really soon. Uh, we've got uh, about 6,000 students who are now enrolled in the School of Isolated Distance Education. They're not kids who are living in the country. There are a lot more kids in the country enrolled inside than what we've seen in the past. We just don't have the teachers for those kids. We've got 6,000 retirements and resignations. We've got people at the beginning and the end of their careers leaving and not sticking around. It needs to be done rather urgently. In the next 12 months, uh, the state government will engage in bilateral funding agreements with the federal government. We need the federal government to agree to increase its contribution and for the state government to commit to providing its full commitment. Now, should both of those occur, then we will see more money into the public education system. Hopefully, then we can start to address the workload and the student expectations that are coming down on teachers and schools. But at the moment, we don't seem to be making a decision. And, it, and it's a bad time to be in that place because this is the period of the year when people look to make decisions about what they're going to be doing in the following year. And, uh, of course, uh, there is a lot of work going on. We've, we've addressed some very serious issues. But as you say, there are solutions out there. So, so the optimistic take um, for, for this episode of Western Teacher Live is join us in the, in the struggle, basically. We, we've had, we owe a lot to our members who've made written submissions to us, both the review and for the uh, salary review. You've had people who've gone in person to meet with the Minister um, to tell him their stories of how the cost of living's impacting on them. Uh, and those members' uh, contributions really are very vital. And I also urge all of our listeners to listen to uh, a future podcast from Dr Lawrence and Colin Pettit, who will be discussing and wa walking our way through the Facing the Facts uh, report that has been put together 
at the request of our executive, who overwhelmingly listened to the member feedback that you've referred to um, earlier in the podcast today from the state of our schools and, and through other forums as well. That report really is a map going forward and we're seeking for that map to be done with a collaborative spirit between the union and the government so that we can get ourselves through this workload, through this safety, through these conditions and through all of the other matters that we currently have in our public education system at the moment over the next couple of years. So it's a very forward-facing report and it's a report that really does provide optimism for what sort of a good high-quality public education system the government can deliver. But what we really need is that engagement. And um, I urge all of the uh, member listeners uh, to consider listening to that re- uh, podcast. And then, of course, to make sure that they tune in to the online event and uh, read the report. It's full of academic research as to why the findings and recommend how, how and why the findings and recommendations have come about. And it's comprehensive. I don't think there's an aspect of our public education system which it hasn't touched on. And as you mentioned before, that that would be attributed to the extraordinarily high number of uh, people who contributed uh, formally, informally, attended sessions throughout that submission period, and also the amount of academic research that's been conducted by the panel themselves. Well, there uh, might be uh, answers to be sought, but there's been plenty of, of work going on trying to find those answers and make some sensible suggestions. So thank you, Matt, and thank you all for listening to Western Teacher Live. SSTUWA members have access to many benefits. One of them is journey cover. If you have an accident while traveling to or from work, which results in your inability to work, you may be entitled to a benefit for lost income. Head to our website for more information.